Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, the show that, in the words of Jen Andrews, inspires community, joy, and a bit of outrage. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me on this Monday recap edition of the show from Dallas, Texas, the woman who came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and thankfully has a prescription for that bubblegum, it's Meredith all the way Mayhand. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. And from Kyle, Texas, the man who autocratically transformed Little Red Bandwagon from its simple roots to the modern, albeit somewhat draconian, powerhouse it is today. <laughs> and by autocratically, I do mean with the help of autocrat brand coffee milk syrup. It's our own benevolent dictator, Mike Frizzell. Welcome back, Mike. Uh, it's funny you should mention autocrat uh, coffee milk. I just had a glass uh, about a half an hour ago. As Emily says, don't talk to Mike before he's had his coffee milk. <laughs> Uh, we've got some LRB business, followed by your Week in Review and all of the other usual stuff. And Mike is going to fill us in on where he's been the last few weeks. But first, if you haven't yet listened to Friday's show, uh, a very special edition of LRB featuring Anne uh, and Stu the Stubot Newman rolling out the red humble carpet of Minnesota for guest Phyllis Fletcher, uh, recorded live in a restaurant, talking about times TBTL has recorded live in restaurants. Uh, we really, this is one you, you can't miss. And if there's one word, uh, to encourage you to go back and listen to it, uh, courtesy of our guest, Stu Newman, uh, that would be labial. Yeah. I just finished listening to that last night and, uh, I was so, I was so disappointed how short it was. I was, I was doing some chores in the kitchen and then I was like, no, it can't be over. That was yeah. too funny. Yeah, it's an easy listen, but definitely one to listen to at 1x because there's there's depth in every sentence on that one. Mm. We've got some other stuff uh, for LRB Business before Mike goes. Just a reminder, Jesus Creek Mysteries, all the great pretenders for an eventual launch of the LRB Book Club. Um, this is really Christie's baby, and, and I haven't read it yet, but... Um, uh, we'll put the Amazon link in the show notes. It's a quick read. I believe it's only 99 cents for the digital version. Uh, it's probably only available digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bought it last night. Okay. So go get your Jesus Creek Mysteries on, uh, and soon enough we'll announce a time when we're going to discuss that as a class. I've already called dibs on being vacuum guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Uh, well, Mike... Uh, since uh, that ties in nicely to you getting back onto your chores grind, finally. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you've been? We missed you, buddy. <clears throat> well, yeah, I have been gone a few weeks, and it was sort of by my choice. But, I mean, I will explain this by going big picture to small. I think uh, if you've followed LRB since the beginning, um, we started almost a year and a half, two years ago. And then, um, I mean, we talk about our personal lives on here. And uh, last August... You know, a year ago, August, Emily um, got herself uh, some of the brain cancer. In fact, they, they said that the brain the brain cancer she had had been inside her brain for a long, long time. Um, but she had to uh, have surgery, have most of her right frontal lobe removed. And in the process, uh, she lost her job, but her health is very good. She got through radiation. She's gotten through more than half of her year of chemotherapy at this point. And she still hasn't resumed working. But um, back back then, we kind of knew pretty quickly she was going to be off work for a while and we decided to sell our house in Austin and use that equity to pay cash for a house here in uh, suburban Kyle to eliminate our house payment because um, I wasn't working full-time I was working part-time 
in a restaurant, um, you know, to to keep us in cash, but uh, we needed her income in order to make our house payments. So we decided to get out of that. And once we made that decision, it was really hectic. We had a ton of stuff to do in a short time in order to get the full value out of our house. And like I said, I was, I was still working um, several nights in a restaurant and my and also working before and after to get the house ready to sell. And my feet have been really beleaguered by 16 years of type 2 diabetes and a lifetime of abuse playing sports and largely working on my feet. So they were giving way. And I think I've already told you all about um, toe amputations on my left foot and a broken bone in my right. And the truth is when that first broken bone in my right arch happened uh, while we were working so hard to get the house ready, it was the beginning of a terribly painful condition, which is known as a charco. But now it sounds cool. It sounds like a new vacuum, the Charco vacuum, but it's a it's a French uh, word. I think it's the guy who discovered it or figured it out. His name was Charco and it's C-H-A-R-C-O-T. And uh, it's something that you really don't want to uh, Google unless you want to see some really gross feet that are collapsing. It's, it happens mostly to diabetics and that's when your your arch and your foot starts to uh, collapse with uh, fractures and micro fractures and things that are not easily healable, if at all healable. So I was dragging this foot around. Again, we were very busy. I got an x-ray at my podiatrist. He put me in a boot. Uh, while I was in that boot, we moved, thanks mostly to the kindness of friends like Meredith and Duff. While that was happening, I was also developing a bone infection in the left foot, which would require two more surgeries and another toe amputation. And as I dealt with that, with that one, um, the right foot continued to collapse, the charco foot, also developing a larger than a quarter size ulcer underneath, requiring casting to offload weight. And after a few weeks of that casting, the ulcer sloughed off enough to reveal uh, you could see the bone through that ulcer. So I was immediately sent for an MRI in which there were three infections, osteomyelitis, three infections found inside the midfoot. And also at this point was more or less deformed and really giving me pain to the point where I was seeking specialist care just in order to walk for a few minutes at a time or and sleep through the night. So all three physicians who saw the MRI agreed that the foot, which was also starting to develop sepsis, had to go. So I checked into the hospital. This was, you know, uh, a few weeks ago now. And after taking care of a couple complications, I had a BTK, which is a below the knee amputation. And it was a very good decision for me because I couldn't be productive anymore. I couldn't be productive, pleasant, you know, a couple of things that I pride myself on being. And I got out three days after the surgery and was really out of it, but things have changed since then. I have a nurse that comes to the house, physical therapist, an occupational therapist, and I'm already feeling really strong and mobile and working toward a prosthesis that will allow me to get back to doing all the things I used to do. My health, other than these awful feet or now foot, uh, is pretty great for 51. My diabetes is controlled on a daily and a long-term basis. In fact, I was recently taken off insulin and I'm taking very little medicine for, for diabetes. My heart, kidney, lungs, liver, all doing fantastic. I have very good endocrinology team looking out for me. Emily is proud of me in my recovery as I am of her. Um, I don't like to uh, share a lot of this stuff on Facebook, but I know that LRB fans are pretty much you know all in on us uh, as far as you know, our lives and, and the show. And I want to share the situation here. I don't really want this stuff on mine or the show page, but please, 
I mean this, feel free to direct message me if you have any questions or you want to talk to me about it. Speaking of that, though, uh, the LRB hosts, you guys, uh, Christy and Jeremy and Phyllis and Anne uh, and my family are really the only ones that I've kept up to date until now. Do you guys have any questions I haven't answered in our show chat? I've been wondering that. Uh, with you being laid up, uh, what's the um, what's the animal fur situation like in the house? Uh, not not ideal. Um, the the bunny hair does get vacuumed on a daily basis. Emily really is kind of a stickler about that. And then um, I have taken to some wheelchair sweeping, but I do, the problem with wheelchair sweeping is you can get the main areas very well, but uh, hard to dig out the corners. You know, I, I, if someone dumps a, a hair puck into the corner, I, I'm I'm not a good not a good wing at getting it out and kicking it in front of the goal to get swept up. So, <laughs> to use a sports analogy that no one but Bobby and I will yeah probably get uh, more seriously. Uh, we've been feeling for you for weeks months and and i think all of us are really relieved that though you had to sort of take a nuclear option on this that mm -hmm. that you're on the upswing now yeah what what do the next couple of months look like for you um i'm still in a cast they put a huge heavy cast on it in order to leave it undisturbed for this initial healing of the wound they took it up high enough to where it's it's all really healthy tissue and they expect a good healing and uh, the cast comes off on Wednesday, and hopefully I won't need to be recast and we can start a series of compression socks and redressing and what is called. Uh, they haven't come up with a, a more high-tech name for it. I'm surprised, but stump shaping is uh, what the process <laughs> is called as we get it ready to get a prosthesis. And I, d I don't really know the idea of the timeline on that. I think it depends on person to person, and I'm a pretty slow healer. So I'm hoping it's a period of months in, in which I will finally have a, a, uh, at least some kind of temporary or permanent prosthesis on it. But, um, I'm as mobile as I can be with the walker and the wheelchair and I'm doing all kinds of stuff around the house and I'm, I'm working out a lot in getting stronger. So I expect once I can actually get on it and put weight on it, that I should have pretty much full function as a human. What I know you were t you were in a great deal of pain before the amputation. What what's your pain level like now? Uh, much better. You know how amputees talk about phantom pain, yes. phantom limb. That's mm -hmm. fucking real. By the way, like the first few days at least, I felt pain in the charco foot that was gone. I felt pain in the exact spots that that were broken and fucked up. Um, in, and just as acutely as as I had felt it before the the foot was gone, but luckily that went away. And uh, there's there's very little phantom pain now. I still sometimes feel like there's a foot there and it hurts, but mostly it's the the stump that hurts, and it just hurts a a little bit, maybe two or three, because they always tell you, you know, what's your pain level? What's your pain level up to ten? I don't get much pain over like some some sharp pains at five or six. And sometimes I'll, I'll take something every few nights. I'll have to take something, but much, much relieved. Uh, I have pain in my other foot too, probably constantly about a two or three in that foot. Um, but nothing compared to what I was dealing with before the amputation. I just, I felt pain. I never want to say 10 because I, th I always think 10 is dead. Right. But uh, I, I felt pain before I went into the hospital and while I was in the hospital at like eight or nine. 
before I got some medication for it, mm-hmm. just where you can't concentrate. Like I would be sitting or actually the the worst ones would I'd, I'd be standing somewhere and I'd be listening to someone talk like Emily would be saying something and I would all I'd be thinking of of is when can I sit down where can I sit down and and like they say well did you hear anything I said no I didn't hear anything you said so uh I guess I, I guess I'm getting a lot better like like Bobby said nuclear option but it had to go it really had to go mm-hmm. I'm I'm worried about your other foot now mm, yeah we all are uh, we're all looking after it and, um, I think I'm going to get some sort of an insert for my shoe to make it work a little better, but you know, like showering and stuff like that is, it's, um, it's a little bit fraught because it's exposed, Right. but, uh, gotten through it so far and, you know, returning to as much normal function as I can. Please see the doctors for that. I don't want to see pictures of you standing on one of those Dr. Scholl's things at Walmart. Hmm. <laughs> No, don't worry. I'll, I'll get a prescription. I'll go to a real place. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> Meredith had the real questions. I have the funny questions. I have just a mm-hmm. couple of more. Um, uh, what is the condition of the chocolate foot? <laughs> um, <laughs> last night, uh, I I I wanted a, a, just a little taste. And so, so far, Emily had been chopping it up for me and just giving it a little bit at a time. But... I got into the box last night, and uh, the chocolate foot that uh, Meredith sent me to replace my bad foot, <laughs> I um, I just, I didn't want to have to rely on her to, to keep, like, you know, doling it out to me. So I went in there, and I chopped it up, and I had a little bit of it, but now it's kind of ready for, for quicker nibbling, so. Excellent. It's, it's no longer recognizable. I ate all the toes off it to start with. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to go look at this, go to toerific.com. <laughs> Yes, terrific. Uh, I think that arrived just in time, but my surgeon opted not to use it. Not to put it on. Oh. Yeah, he did. He was just too small. I'm a 13. That thing was no bigger than like a six or seven. <laughs> that was an oversight on my part. Yeah, you really should have sized, sized way up on that, you know. Yeah. And much smellier. That website was, um, it, it's run by a podiatrist turned chocolatier or something, isn't it? Like it's someone who had an <laughs> yeah. invested you know, really wanted a, a foot-oriented treat site. Rex Ryan. Yeah, and it, it's got a great <laughs> list of, uh, of foot puns. I think that'll do it. Um, Mike, we're thinking of you. Folks, like Mike said, this doesn't need to be the talk of the town on Facebook, uh, but you can keep coming here for your updates on all of this. Um, I'm sure. sure that Mike will keep us in the loop on the show and uh, boy if we ever needed a reason to keep you all listening <laughs> let it be that and and i'm i'm serious uh don't be afraid to message me I, I don't mind at all i will answer and if you can catch him after his second coffee milk of the day yeah even better i'm actually pleasant at that <laughs> point. hi wagoneers bobby here i'm just going to take a quick minute before we get back to the show uh, and make a couple of announcements. And I'm going to do this with the help of some of our Little Red Bandwagon co-hosts. Uh, Meredith is still here. Hi, Meredith. Hi. And joining us, uh, Anne Lundholm. Hello, hello. Christy Wise. Hello. And for some reason, allowed to have a microphone, Jeremy <laughs> Holmes. It's only because Mike's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point. Um, we're dropping this right in the middle of 
the recap episode you're listening to. And so we know from our powers from the future that you've just heard Mike tell the story about his recent amputation and all of the news that led up to that. And generally speaking, the latest chapters in The Year from Hill that he and Emily have had. And if it's news to you, you're not alone because he he held back on sharing this with a lot of people, including us to a certain extent, uh, until he really couldn't anymore because he had to take so many weeks off. But we've been thinking a lot about him lately and know that he really needs more help than he's willing to admit. Uh, and so we as a group have decided to mobilize as best as we can to support him and Emily uh, in this time. Christy and Jeremy, you guys helped set a lot of this up. Do you want to tell a little bit about what we're doing? Yeah, so we um, we figured that as news of all of this stuff kind of trickled out, that there was probably going to be lots of people that wanted to help out. And we thought that it would be great to try and find something that would be actually helpful um, for Mike and Emily and for their family. And so we thought we were going to we decided to set up a little uh, a GoFundMe for the Frizzell family, <laughs> Frizzell colon family. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're here to share about. Yep. Yeah. And I think this isn't something we take lightly because I know we've at least I've made fun of a lot of stupid GoFundMe type <laughs> campaigns in the past. Um but what we found is that all of us wanted to do something to help, and we were worried about a bombardment of people asking for Mike and Emily's address to mail them care packages. <laughs> right. It's all very thoughtful, but they have a lot of what they need. Yeah. What they need is to dig out of some maxed out credit card debt and to have money to survive uh, until they get back on, I almost said on their feet. Well, they do have three. <laughs> There's three of them. <laughs> Yeah. Collectively, they have three feet. There's feet in the house. <laughs> sure. Um, All the animals know. count, too. Right. Oh, there we go. There's well, a lot. Through the roof. <laughs> I think it's important to keep in mind what an important part of the TBTL fabric that Mike and Emily are. We all were spellbound by Mike's week of stories on TBTL about his prison experience. And they got married on the show. I mean, I, I can't think of two people who are more ingrained in TVTL lore than Mike and Emily. And I also know that the Tens are an awesome and supportive group of people. So I have 100% faith that we will be able to reach our goal here and help them to the best of our ability. And and Mike doesn't want this. He's proud. <laughs> Which makes me like and, it better. <laughs> and he wants to stand on his own one foot <laughs> such as it is but the thing that i i think that he doesn't realize is that this isn't about him this is about us getting to feel good about ourselves that's right mm -hmm. exactly and so if i strain my elbow reaching around to pat myself on the back <laughs> i am willing to do that well, we're not going to set up a gofundme for your elbow though <laughs> This is an amazing community full of amazing people that I really enjoyed getting to know. And we take care of each other. And mostly it's just emotional support. But sometimes we go beyond that. And we've done it online with finding mugs and snow globes and other things for people. And this is just a step beyond that. Yeah. Uh, the way I've been explaining this the last couple of days is that this is a real George Bailey moment for us. It's super cheesy, I know. When I tell people that one of my favorite movies is actually It's a Wonderful Life, but it really is. The community that Mike has rallied 
through TBTL as an ambassador of that show and then as a founder of ours with Christy uh, and really a driving force in, in bringing all of us together. I think he sort of helped find all of us individually and brought us together on this show and, and just not even just the amount of joy that he's brought all of us, but I mean, he's family to us now. And I think yeah. so many other people feel close to him that way, too. And that's why I don't think it surprises people listening. Uh, that Mike is such a, a proud and private person when it comes to his problems. He's the first person to help with your problems and always there to have a private conversation or to find any way he can to bail you out. Uh, but he doesn't want any of that attention back. And so Anne makes a really good point. This is all entirely against Mike's wishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's he is even aware... said on the show before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't do this. This is he's aware this is happening. Uh, and we have muffled his uh, his. Uh, objections yes. because this is too important no this is not about what he wants it's about what he and emily need and emily mm -hmm. is on board with this yes she's also proud and private but she's practical mm -hmm. in a way that maybe mike is not being right now and she's yeah. the boss so that's all that matters that's right. <laughs> yeah. exactly so if you want to read the full story uh summarizing mike and emily's last year you can do that on the gofundme page and uh, Jeremy, I was going to ask you this before we rolled, but can we just redirect littleredbandwagon.com slash Mike to that? Yeah. Okay, great. So go to littleredbandwagon.com slash Mike to read the full story, starting with Emily's cancer, her brain tumor, her surgery. They're having to sell their house in Austin to move to Kyle to cash in some of the equity of their house and eliminate their house payment and pay medical bills. And then Mike's foot issues that have led to this drastic surgery uh, and now their beginning of their recovery uh, the short version is that the money from selling their house is gone and they've maxed out their credit cards and they are eyeballs deep in medical debt and uh, they will both be happy healthy productive working people soon but we need to make sure they get there and that's what we're here to do we love you clop <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah jeremy says he's not clip clop anymore just clop just clop <laughs> I like the sound of clop better than clip, personally. <laughs> so people go littleredbandwagon.com slash Mike. Uh, and now uh, back to your regularly scheduled Little Red Bandwagon. Let's get started with our weekend review. Uh, Meredith, why don't you kick us off? All right. Monday, 2215, The Adventures of Tug Rubbington. Uh, Luke and Andrew are at the law offices of Walsh, Walsh and Doormat, which is cleaned up from the morning's coffee brewing. And in a weird attempt to sing the line of the coffee love a song where he asks his mother to put on a pot of coffee, Andrew starts uh, singing Danzig. So right off the bat, <laughs> uh, right off the rails. Um, they talk a little bit more about cleaning, um, how nice it is to come home, tidy up and relax. So it's interesting to me that they're both kind of uh, getting more and more interested in nesting. I know Andrew's probably always been like that, but but Luke doesn't strike me as the type. But uh, he he fantasizes about coming home and cleaning up. And but the uh, the thing is, though, Luke comes home and Emily does this too. He comes home, he doesn't unpack. That I, the first thing I got to do is I got to unpack that suitcase. Yeah, yeah. I usually carry my suitcase straight to the washer, open mm -hmm. it. That's a good and idea. Heave all the clothes into the washer. <laughs> mm -hmm. As you can tell, I have a complicated sorting system i use for my laundry <laughs> sure um <laughs> uh, yeah i have to do that sometimes i leave the other crap in there and so i'll lose like a notebook or something until i go find my suitcase again but the clothes maybe it's just because i only have a small amount of clothes that i actually like and wear over and over and over again 
but if I don't wash those clothes, I will not be able to find a shirt I want to wear. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the usually the next time that Emily wants to take a trip, here's her suitcase has all her stuff in it still. And now it needs to be, you know, washed and resorted and all that. And I'm like, Oh, drives me crazy. But she, but, but she's a little bit, I mean, I'm fastidious. So of course I'm going to unload my suitcase. She's not fastidious, you know, in general. So I, I don't think it's out of character for her to not, um, unload that suitcase. But Luke, like he seems to be, want to be this person. Now he wants to go home and get everything pristine, but then he's just going to leave all his smelly shirts and BS in his suitcase. So it just was incongruous to me. Yeah. Yeah. But Luke does unpack in the hotel room. It sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah. It's not at home. And Andrew never does. That also seemed incongruous. I like to unpack in hotel rooms. I like to hang things up mm-hmm. because often, you know, sitting in a suitcase, things will get all wrinkly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to hang them up, steam them in the shower, waste some water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll hang stuff up. I usually hang up anything, you know, shirts, spark out, things like that. But I never end up taking out the rest of the stuff. It feels weird to put my clothes in a dresser in a hotel room. If I'm going to be there more than a couple of days, I usually start throwing my dirty laundry in the dresser mm-hmm. if I don't have a bag. Yeah, me too. And then when I leave, I just sort of scoop it all out of the dresser and throw it into my suitcase, which makes me wonder mm-hmm. when the last time the inside of the dresser was cleaned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on the length of the trip. I was in Vegas for nine days for a conference. Mistake, by the way. Never go to Vegas <laughs> for nine days. Um, That's insane. And I actually had to do laundry. People don't live in Vegas for more than nine days. I yeah. know. It was not my doing. It was my first work <laughs> conference ever. And I went with a coworker who had been to many. And she was scheming about you know, turning it into a vacation. Mm. So she's like, here's how we stretch it out. The conference is four days. We go to a pre-conference event two days before. We get there a day early. We go to a post-conference event and leave a day later. So it turned into this huge, long, awful uh, Mm. trip. But I ended up having to do laundry, but I did unpack for that one because I was missing. Like, I I don't like digging through my suitcase and then forgetting about certain things. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to kind of have it all laid out for that. But usually I'll just leave it. I'll hang up the wrinkly stuff and leave the rest in the suitcase. I have a question. Did you go to a creepy laundromat or did you do laundry through the hotel somehow? Oh, through the hotel. My work has a policy. If you're there for more than a certain number of days, they will pay for a certain amount of laundry. Wow. So, yeah, it was nice. Uh, Because when I was in uh, Texas for a week, I meant to do laundry and then I just never got around to it. And so by the end of that trip, I was really wearing like the last clothes I had (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I just didn't feel like there was laundry on site at the timeshare, but I just didn't feel like lugging it all over there and doing it and sitting around waiting yeah. for it and it's all just... those aggressive ladies <laughs> on the prowl no kidding it's yeah. been a touching your feet it's been a while since i've done laundry anywhere like that and uh i used to love going to the laundromat but now i think i'm i'm too grumpy and too old and too lazy mm-hmm. my vegas strategy i've been twice now for conferences is to never leave the hotel because i hate vegas <laughs> and i hate leaving the hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if work hadn't paid for it i probably would have chosen a few items and paid to wash them, have them washed myself just to avoid leaving. And at Caesar's Palace, they make it impossible to leave. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have all these, they all, all the moving walkways coming in and all the different ways to get you dropped off at the hotel. But yeah, try, try going anywhere. Try finding the door on foot. <laughs> right? it's you can't even find a door out. It's great. You're you good point. All of Vegas is like that, but particularly Caesar's Palace is a, it's like a trap. Well, and they make it so you don't have to leave. Like, no. I forgot a couple of things, so sure. I just walked over to the mall that's attached to mm-hmm. Caesar's Palace and got, like, a pair of workout pants or whatever I needed. Yeah. 
Sam and I stayed at the Tropicana when we were in Vegas a few years ago. And it's easier to leave that hotel because it offers almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it sits right on a corner. Like Caesar's Palace, they built it back so far yeah. that, that uh, you, it's a destination now and, and you can't get away. The only other time yeah. I went to Vegas, I was with my then girlfriend who had family out there who live out in the suburbs uh, because there was a, a chronic gambler in the family who just moved, you know, for convenience out there and bought a house. Um, and so we drove in every day. And that is nice. If you've got a car in Vegas, uh, yeah. free valet parking everywhere, you can just sort of run from the air conditioning mm -hmm. of your car to the air conditioning of the hotel. That is true. That was convenient. Um, although um, they really, the roads are just littered with drunk pedestrians. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Luke is annoyed by a trailer for Jack Reach. Got to agree. That's a pretty bad name. Jack Reacher. Reacher? Yeah, yeah. it's Jack Reacher. Jack that's Reacher. My Which is even creepier because it implies that you're reaching for someone else, I guess. He's reaching for his Jack sock. <laughs> God. A lot of Jack talk. Well, I guess I missed a few weeks. But you guys weren't talking about. But when I'm on, it seems like a lot of Jack talk. Well, we're just welcoming you back. Thanks. This is where the episode title comes from. It's either Rub Tuggington or Tug Rubbington. I'm not sure I have a preference. I laughed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke was in New York for Charlie Osgood's last show. Um, Luke made extra sure to not make it seem like he thought he was important to the point of ignoring instructions from the director. Mm. And I kind of get his deference. I mean, he mm -hmm. feels like he's low man on the totem pole. Uh but they did invite him there. I mean, it's not like he showed up unannounced. I sure like the. Um, I, w I wish there were a king shit T-shirt because for some reason that came up. Like I'm king shit. It says so right up there on my T-shirt. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there is. There are so many ironic T-shirts on the internet now. I'm sure someone has a king shit. And Luke felt uncomfortable calling him Charlie. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew said he calls him Bobby De Niro. Is that what it was? That's how we got onto this Bobby Big Wheel right talk. <laughs> I thought that was your nickname. Uh, I still don't understand the context in which they said Bobby Big Wheel last week. And I no, I didn't quite get week. that either. I wasn't on with you guys, but I was having trouble deciphering that whether they meant you or not. I couldn't figure I, it out. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, I tried to look up references to Bobby Big Wheel and couldn't find anything worthwhile. The only thing I can think of is the title sequence to the cartoon classic Bobby's World, wherein he rides a big wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. which of course as a child was, was a tough thing for me to register that this cartoon was about me, but not about me. Now I realize it was really about Howie Mandel and it's really creepy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, an all staff email went out congratulating the executive producer of CBS Sunday morning, Rand Morrison. Luke, um, was tipsy and at J crew and he hit reply all to this email and he wrote here, here and spelled it wrong. Now, he's more mortified by the spelling mistake. I am extremely mortified that he replied all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the worst, especially for something like that, because it's happened so many times on my work where somebody is leaving, they're getting another job, they're having a baby, they send out an email, and then one person replies all, congratulations, or we'll miss you, and then it's just a shit show of 80 more emails. Yeah, because you're always afraid that that's the, that's the key it's going to open a lot of reply alls because if everyone just looks at it and nods and goes, yeah, he did do a good job, 
then or send we're all that done. person an email. Send a one person email. Right, right, right. You know, some details like, or... yeah, I really like how you did that. Great job. You know, appreciate it. But but if one person hits reply all, then what's your obligation then? You know, now now do I have to show everyone that I appreciate Rand as well? <laughs> No, the answer is no. <laughs> you don't. People, this is a shared blame situation. Luke should have known better. However, the person who sent the original email also should have known better. Anytime you're sending an email to more than, let's say, six people, you need to stop and think, should this be a blind carbon situation? Yes. Or if it's a listserv. Uh, so I'm on a listserv uh, for the YNPN of Boston. It's the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network of Boston. And to post to this listserv, you simply send an email to the listserv email address. And people will put up job postings or like I put up announcements for free tickets to my group's concerts. And inevitably, once a week, someone hits reply to one of these emails and just writes unsubscribe. Or I would like to stop receiving these emails. Please take me off your list. And of course, they're hitting reply all to the entire listserv because the person who sent the original email did not think to BCC the listserv email address. And everyone on the listserv has authority to email the entire listserv. But Hillary doesn't know, and she just hits right. She just hits reply, and <laughs> so it spirals into like twenty people responding when they see right. it. Uh, you need to go to the link at the bottom of the email, or right. this is not the right oh, way to unsubscribe. Yeah. But they don't read the whole chain first, oh. and so for like two days, my email gets clogged with people yelling at the person who hit reply all, also hitting reply all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrew's neighbors are moving, the ones with the sweet little girl. And he talks about he knew they were going to come over and start packing and he was planning on saying goodbye, but it was game day. Uh, He wasn't loving the anticipation of the interruption. He kind of wanted a clear runway of football and beer. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was a little bit anxious about that. He noticed that they were packing up and leaving uh, and then they just went away and didn't say goodbye. And he never went out and said goodbye to them. Yeah, you got to take the bull by the horns on that one. Yeah, he could have, you know, I understand that anticipation feeling, but he could have cut it out and just gone and said goodbye. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, there, I mean, I no longer really have access to all day and all night football, but uh, plenty of plenty of times during that 12 to 14 hours of football watching where it gets a little slow and you can uh, you can stroll out, hand a toy over and tell the folks you'll miss them. He even had a reason. He had the damn toy. I know. Well, and just that little girl took off with Vives' sunglasses now? I wondered about that. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a $4 toy, and and that little girl has a pair of $100 Ray-Bans or something. (laughs) Uh, We're still using Alanis' song for the thank yous, and uh, I just wanted to shout out to Linda and Frisco. They go on a little bit of a Frisco diversion. It's a nice little place to visit mm-hmm. by Sam Rayburn Tollway up there. Um, and the top story for today is this six-year-old Deadspin article about the yo-yo prankster who clearly doesn't know how to do yo-yo tricks, but is pretty good at scatting. <laughs> he ends up being a comedian. He is uh, becomes Nate from The Office. And my favorite role of his was on Better Call Saul. Uh, he's this kind of weenie criminal who drives a big red and yellow Hummer. So he was uh, he was really really funny in that show. And uh, I, I don't know these these kind of uh, morning pranks they they make me really anxious. I had a hard time listening to it. Uh, oh, and because I'm not, you, I'm not you feel for the it. host, you're yes, yeah, I do. 
Yeah, just the awkwardness of how they deal with it and the expressions on their faces. And I don't feel bad for the comedian. I mean, it is funny. I think it's objectively funny, but I can't watch the well, video, what, I don't think. What sucks is that uh, the host is the one who ends up dealing with the awkwardness and sort of the prank part of the situation. And it's not their fault. It's the producer's fault. And right. they should be the one getting pants. But I guess when you go for the on-air position, you know, you decide that you're you're going to be the good-looking young go-getter on Good Morning Austin or whatever. Um, you know, you you buy the ticket, you take the ride. And part of that ride is uh, once in a while your poorly paid producer is going to put somebody on who's just going to yeah. throw some yo-yos around and do some scatting <laughs> and talk about how poorly their message is being received in the Texas school district. Um, if, if you I don't know a ridiculous perspective on how that all works in Rhode Island, the sort of AM news local show after the morning news is called the road show. And it's hosted by actually some young and perfectly affable, uh, personalities. Uh, but they actually do an annual contest called, uh, search for a star or something. It is basically American idol for their next co-host. Mm -hmm. And then they they do this whole thing and they turn it into a craplet of content. And then the winner wins the honor of, I assume, making $27,000 a year to be on this crappy <laughs> morning show. It's a good idea. Yeah. And so these people, you know, I'm sure they see it as a chance to launch their career. So mm -hmm. it's every year they get one new co-host who has, you know, zero or almost zero journalism experience. <laughs> thrust into the person being screwed by some prank like this. And yeah. I can absolutely see this happening on the road show, which is a show yeah. we watch because we think it's actually kind of charming. I think for these, these talking head types, I think the more important skill is being able to wing it and to vamp and to deal with awkwardness rather than to be a journalist. Cause they're just reading news. Right. Usually. Or producing really fluffy, you know, cooking content. Yeah. They know, have the local chef from a restaurant in almost every day is one of their things. And it would be probably not that hard to get in as a new local chef and just just fall apart in the kitchen set. Right. Yeah. Um, and as no surprise, I didn't listen to No Point. So if you guys have anything to say about that, you go <laughs> right ahead. Well, I did. And the only the only real note I had on that is that they are so wildly overconfident about the Seahawks' ability to go to the East Coast and <clears throat> beat a team who admittedly had a bad game last week, but... Uh, first of all, it's not easy to go back east and, and win a 10 a.m. game against a team of any quality. But they also said, well, let, we should just give Russell Wilson the week off. I'm sure uh, Boykin can win this game and then, you know, <laughs> give give Wilson the bye to, to heal. Yeah, so let's just throw a, a rookie quarterback with one play of experience Um the 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 helm for this game that we can just easily win and i'm i'm sorry andrew please boinkin please everyone just let's train ourselves off saying boinkin because it sounds dirty and that's not his name so that was my only note <laughs> not boinkin <laughs> oh boy oh that that uh yeah not so easy sitting to... russell wilson <laughs> right i'll hey, oh, just sit and we'll win this one you have to remember they need to remember it. I think everyone listening to this knows this, so we don't need to get into it. But even if you're not a football fan, these are the best athletes at what they do in the world, right? The scouting system is so deep that these people are unequivocally the best. And mm -hmm. even the shitty teams 
are among the best. <laughs> right, right. A lot of times you'll get uh, people will say, well, Alabama, they're such a great college team. They could beat the, you know, the, the bad um, pro teams. No, they can't. In fact, only about 10 guys on that Alabama team could even make the worst NFL team. So yep. let's not get too carried away with uh, easy ability to beat a uh, quote-unquote poor NFL team because those guys were all amazing in college, and they're all amazing now. They just happen to be not quite as amazing as the guys you have. Right. My, right. my <clears> other <throat> favorite from Monday was Carrie's text to Luke. She was waiting outside. <laughs> For Something them to wrap about, up, and after ten minutes, she texted and said, "The words I think you're looking for are no mountain too tall and good luck to all." <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He he hasn't been home a lot, so I can see where that can start to get a little tense when he's dragging his feet. This there were a lot of long shows, so yeah. I guess we'll try to get mm-hmm. through quickly. Tuesday, twenty two sixteen. If you can't be with the cyber tomb guys you love, love the cyber tomb guys you're with. Probably the worst and longest title and most incomprehensible <laughs> title they've yeah. ever come up with. Um, Luke was, is home with his aminals, uh, and he gets called out for using baby talk on the animals, which, um, you know, I kind of have a soft spot for, for the, you know, talking with the animals, talking for the animals and stuff, because we make up voices and personalities for the animals that we have around our house. Um, the dogs we had before, Emily made up... Uh, personality for her dog Frank and then when I came along I made up a personality for the dog Jack and now we have two others and Emily has made up the personality for Abby who often says super cruel things to Emily I mean things that I want to hit the dog for because it's so awful but you know I have to realize that no I need to hit Emily because it's Emily saying these things to (laughs) Abby she's just saying awful things about herself and then I made up a personality for the very meek um, Ginger. And it it first started with Ginger uh, coming out with about 25 different 15-second podcasts in which she said things she needed to say very quickly and downloaded them for us to, to go listen to because she's too shy to say them to us in person. Meredith, you, you, you all do a lot of projecting personalities on... Oh, yeah. On uh, your animals over there? <laughs> uh, yeah, where to start? Uh, Steven is a bus driver. He is. How so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just his job. You know, he drives a bus for the little children, kitties, and uh, <laughs> he's got an orange gremlin that he drives after that. Um, he's, got a lot, he, he's got a lot going on. He's an interesting little fellow. No, they all have voices and, mm-hmm. and backstories and about 40 different names, and we talk to them in a ridiculous, embarrassing fashion. Yep. Uh, Stevie gets the brunt of it. I wouldn't say the brunt, but the majority of it. We even have a song that we sing to Steven, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to do. But No. How about Cupcake? Well, I mean, starting with the fact that we have a cat named Cupcake. And uh, since you're all confessing embarrassing things, I'll confess that um, Cupcake is also a pet nickname I've had for Sam for many years. Since Aww. before we got Cupcake the cat. Who came with the name Cupcake? So that was cool. That sounds confusing. It is extremely confusing. Um, I will say Cupcake across the room, and they will both look at me, wondering who's getting a treat. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, you best get in that kitchen and get somebody a treat for both people. <laughs> of course, we talk to the cat. In we're, you're talking about the family that had a beanie baby named Cat that we talked mm. to in full conversations <laughs> before we got a real cat. So. Uh, yes, it is. 
extremely embarrassing the amount of time that the cat serves as a de facto friend, child, and confidant in this house. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you work from home, you need someone to talk to. Exactly. Yes, true. All right. Uh, LBJ's um, Hagar order, pants <laughs> order, is revisited and, and replayed. And uh, living very close to like LBJ Central, this is the part of Texas where, I mean, you, you saw it, Bobby. There's LBJ memorabilia all over the hill country oh, yeah. here in central Texas. Everyone's proud of LBJ. And um, I, I've i heard a lot about him. I've read a lot about him. Cullen I, is pretty crazy about the LBJ Museum in Austin. And he, to me, LBJ is one of those guys. And I, I didn't know about these guys until I came to Texas. He's, he's a scary guy, like a huge, like loud, scary guy, but a good guy. And I didn't know those guys existed till I came to Texas. I always thought like big scary guys are always bad guys, but they can be good guys. You just have to, you just have to be around them for a while, and then you, go, oh, this guy's just big and scary. He's not a bad, bad dude. You know what I mean? I read a lot about his uh, his womanizing ways, mm-hmm. so I would quibble with the good part. <laughs> well, well, like you know, every secretary. I mean, he ever nice had. to people. I it, and it maybe you super nice okay. to his secretary. Sure. You know what I mean? Like. He was very nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. But I mean, like, like nice to people, but in a big, scary way. Like you thought he was going to like yell at you, but really he was, you know, being nice. Really? He know. was just working through the unfortunate, uncomfortable feelings of riding a fence. <laughs> it's not nice. Hey, he's the one who needs his pants cut more generously. Yeah. I mean, good for yeah. him. He talks a lot about his bunkhole. The most recent story I read about him was how he wanted uh, his staff to outfit the bathrooms in the White House to include uh, a shower that had water jets blowing on his ass and on his dick. Mm-hmm. Can you blame him? And they, they, they couldn't do it the way he wanted. He was upset about it his entire presidency. If, if you had that kind of power, you might try to use it. I mean, it's, it's better, than, uh, better than like you know wanting to hit the nuclear button. Just I, I just... Is it so wrong for a man to want to get the right kind of jets on his prize? No. And if we can put a man on the moon, why can't we outfit the bathroom to his liking? Right. Right. Yeah, we they should get, still be trying to work on that. Get get some NASA engineers in here to install a bidet stat. Right. <laughs> uh, there's there's talk of uh, Nixon and Elvis, Kevin Spacey, Michael Shannon. Um, I've, I'm sort of done with Kevin Spacey myself. I, I don't know. He's He's been playing Kevin Spacey for a long time now. And I've kind of lost interest in House of Cards. It was great at first. We got through two seasons. I, and then, yeah. just like they said, uh, I had every intention of going back to it, but I just never have the... And, and this is the problem with shows that drop a season at a time. Like, I don't want to I don't, I don't want to find a weekend to block out for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it came out once a week, I might actually keep up. Um, yeah, just lost interest. Uh, party hosting Polar Opposites, Camaro Kev who wants you to stay throughout the evening and the weekend to watch uh, music videos uh, uh, with him. What's the band? Laser discs of live concerts. Of, Def Leppard. Uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> and and uh, Van Halen in all its permutations. Yeah. Um, and then Bean, who uh, sort of gets up, puts his arms up from his high chair. His wife lifts him out <laughs> and just takes bye his bib off and, and starts doing that bye-bye, you know, where you just open and close your hand. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye bye, and then he toddles off to bed. That's that's a great way to go. If your wife is can pull off the graciousness of of getting exit everyone everyone from the house, 
That's a great one to pull off that Bean is pulled off. <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for helping my efforts to get Bean on the show at some point. <laughs> also bye bye. Don't so they live on Vashon, don't they? So you uh-huh. also have a ferry to catch. Yeah, you gotta get out of there. Yeah. Unless you're staying somewhere on the island, you know? Yeah. You gotta get out of there. Um Let's see. Oh, the new donor song creates a sensation. Luke is, is on his way in, uh, and he hears a a promo um, on KOW or some sort of music bed on KOW that is Crazy Town, um, Butterfly, Come Come My Lady. And we get almost an entire week of, of seemingly a Crazy Town bed behind the show from that point, interrupted only by the Living in a Box song from the... <laughs> group living in a box from the album living in a box yeah they really um they really uh, pigeonholed themselves with that <laughs> they really yeah. did if you did does anybody look up that video i did while we were in line at the pharmacy which is a great time to look up a lot of stuff because it takes a long time <laughs> when you're an old person to get your stuff i did not i was no, too busy noticing that crazy towns butterfly has ruled everything around me just like gum mm. uh <laughs> Call back to last week. Uh-oh. Um, Let's not talk about gum. I went from... Not anymore. Uh, I went from... <laughs> no, well, gum rules everything around Luke. Crazy Town oh, rules right. everything around me. Yeah. Uh, after they started playing this song... First of all, I heard it on the radio like four times this week. Mm-hmm. So someone's taking programming advice from Luke. Mm. And then also it was in a final question for trivia last week. Completely... Wow. Uh, you know, un, you know, and those questions are pre-decided. It's not like somebody heard TBTL and thought, I'm going to mess with Bobby. That's more than I've thought about this shitty song since like 1995. It's more than I thought about it in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea it was that old. I guess I oh, missed I just it. Made it that it must have come out while I was true. in prison because I, I don't, I have no memory of, of hearing this song on the radio. Uh, 1999. 99. Uh, yeah. hmm. I should have been hearing they it. They formed in 1995. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. that must be where it I took got them that a few years. You went to, to the Wikipedia the page like Andrew did. And yes, that's no Boykin single. You can't just throw it right in there. You got to take some time to mature it. <sighs> yeah, it needs some incubation. Uh, the top story for Tuesday was uh, Mike Birbiglia's earnest tweet about um, George Bush uh, hugging Michelle Obama. And I thought, I don't know why he, why do you have to take that much shit? I mean, I thought it was a legitimate tweet because I, and I don't know. I've talked about this before, how there's so much disrespect between political parties. Now you can't even like say, you know, this was our president. We can be proud that he's here and he's still alive and he was president. He got to be president for fuck's sake. That's pretty important. But no, if he doesn't belong to your party, you hate him. And so he's not allowed to have a moment with uh, whoever, you know, your person is. So, so like, Michelle Obama hugs George Bush and it's like, oh, how could she hug him? His policies are fuck off about his policies for a minute. Who's fucking president? What what have you well, done? That's, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I think that I think all the the memification of that tweet was was more aimed at Burbigs for that overly for the earnestness uh, earnest yeah. tweet. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting worked up over my own shit. I think we've seen a lot of that, especially <laughs> on the Stens page these days. <laughs> I'm bringing my own shit to this fight. I'll lay off. If only you had a personal page to post that on, Mike. I know. I know. I just, <laughs> it's so expensive. I just don't, I can't afford a it Facebook is. page. Yeah. 
I also had to unfollow Mike Birbiglia because of his movie promotion. Oh, yeah. It was really getting over. It was getting ridiculous. And I saw the movie. So I was like, can I send you my ticket and right. I can opt out of all this, please? Unsubscribe. You should have just sent that back to him. <laughs> Reply all. Unsubscribe You're me from this <laughs> list. Subscribe to you, Mike Birbiglia. Um, there's a lot of Toongas, Toongas talk, uh, which I, um, I, don't, I don't see uh, TV anymore. And I don't even think we have AMPMs around here. And I think it's an AMPM thing. So... Did any of that make any sense to you guys? The tune gas, not to me. No nope. commercials. Completely, uh, completely oblivious to what the hell they're talking yeah. about. I think it. I think they probably advertise during the Mariners. This is my guess. I assume that all of the commercials down there are just dancing styrofoam cups from Stripes. <laughs> Man, it sounds delicious. I wish I had an ice cold drink from Stripes inside <laughs> of a very, very. <laughs> Very uh, styrofoam. Do you uh, double cup that for me, sweetie? Thank you. Yeah, please. I need this to be cold for the next year. So <laughs> let's double foam it, please. Neanderthal and Winslow, Arizona. This is another top story. The Winslow, Arizona statues. There's already one for Jackson Brown, and now there's going to be one for Glenn Fry. And I don't think we ever got to why Luke chose this for a top story, because they got sidetracked on Neanderthal and the, and the morning crew over at the Classic Rock Station in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That raised the twenty two thousand dollars for yeah. the ill proportioned Glenn Fry statue. Did did either one of you um figure out why this was a top story? No. 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 Okay. Yeah, God forbid Good. that radio station used their power to raise money for something useful. Yeah, we need to get a Glenn Fry one with a bigger head than the Jackson Brown one for a song that is a pretty good song, but two statues? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's too statue worthy. <clears throat> Email from uh, a guy named Flash or person named Flash. Make your boarding pass your lock screen. Do you guys do this? No, but that's a great idea. I thought so too. Uh, uh, the screenshot I get, the lock screen might be a little, a little much unnecessary to me, but I guess there's no harm. Of course, now with the latest iOS update, every time I activate my phone, I see random score alerts. And <laughs> I also can do the boarding pass on my watch, so I can put it up on the watch, continue to browse in my phone, oh. and then just scan my wrist. Look at you. Oh. We're just one step away from the microchip at this point. I welcome it. You're already ready to put your wrist up. Sorry to backpedal just momentarily. I know sure. we had a long show here, but I just looked at a picture of this Glenn Fry statue for the first time. I hadn't done it before. There is a sign over him that literally says, standing on the corner. Hmm. Well, isn't there a so, standing on the corner park in Winslow, Arizona? Probably. I don't. I this is the is. most I've ever thought of Winslow, Arizona, too. We have two more emails. The uh, first one uh, is from a Jack Reacher fan. And I know, like, uh, from the big chat we're in, that my friend Barb is a Jack Reacher fan as well. Uh, I, I my, my guess is it's a quality line of, of uh, action adventure fiction. And if I were in prison, I would probably be reading it. Um, but I'm not, so I'm not. But uh, what... Well, I think what happened here is either Tom Cruise or one of his close friends or agents uh, is a big Jack Reacher fan, got Tom to read one of the things, and now he's pretty much ruining it for... That's what I'm gathering is he's ruining it for all of the Jack Reacher fans because he's a midget, and part of the Jack Reacher appeal is that the guy is a huge man, and he, you know, this is a part of his, like, part of the whole persona that... You know, how he gets in and out of jams, even though he's like 6'6 six, six and 260 pounds or something. And now they ha- all the fans of Jack Reacher have to watch Tom Cruise, you know, all 5'2", 120. 
play this man. So I feel you. All right. Uh, last email. Uh, the, the the emailer says that the lounge squatter is good because it's like clever and funny and taking advantage of um, stuff that's going to go to waste anyway. Uh, but the balloon knot gold smuggler is bad because he's stealing from his country, Canada. And uh, that stinks, literally. I have a, a question that your expertise might help mm-hmm. us with here. Sure. Uh, if you're looking to make large bank deposits, what what value might we want to stay under to avoid extra suspicion? Uh, yeah, you you don't you definitely want to like electronically. I think it's ten thousand dollars, and I think uh, in person I would vary things a lot. Like, yeah, you don't want to keep going with the same mm-hmm. amount every time because if you go bank. with different amounts all the time, you know, like one one day you might go with like $4,000 the next day you might go with $300 because then you could just be in some kind of a home business or, you know, yeah, some... Or you you could also watch Breaking Bad and open a car wash and launder it. Yeah, I mean, there, there are so many ways. Like, when I when I uh, got $45,000 in one of my robberies, I needed to find a way to get that money into the bank and I just started going to different branches with different amounts of money and sometimes using the the ATM and sometimes using the tellers and sometimes using the drive throughs or whatever. Cause I didn't want to be that guy going to the bank with, you know, same amount of money every day. And then be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. If you just showed up in a black shirt and black pants and was to, and you were depositing like $400 at a time, I think people would just assume you're a bartender. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. your cash. And, and yeah, when I was, um, when I was working in a restaurant and, and I was getting tips or whatever, I would take, cash into the bank every Monday and put it in my bank account. And it would always be a different amount of cash and nobody ever thought anything of it. But if you take $6,800 in, in cash, oh, well, $6,800 as a in check a, from yeah, the gold place, the check, like, yeah. very clearly from the same gold place. Yeah. And you they know and you get, work get for that the cash. Mint. Right. My yeah. guess is get it cash somewhere. Sketchy. That first. gold place yeah. probably also cashes paychecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, eat the eat the five percent or ten percent fee or whatever. Yeah. Whatever they want to charge you, highway robbery for check mm-hmm. cashing, uh, you're still coming out ahead. Mm-hmm. So you just eat the loss on the check yeah. cashing place. I'm not on, on with Luke on this. I'm not with this guy because I think he's an idiot. I did get uh some side eye once because when I got that money, I got two blocks of uh twenties, the each twenty thousand dollars, and then I got a block of fives. That was $5,000. And I had to find a way, you know, I, w- I was the guy who had a lot of fives for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying for stuff with a lot of fives. <clears throat> so whenever I'd make any small purchases, I would use fives. And then uh, one time I was, in, I was in Reno and I was doing some sports gambling. And basically, like, like you said, Bobby, trying to just pay, pay the tax and get the money back. Like, so I w- went to like the, the Hilton and I bet this side of a game and then i went to the silver legacy and bet the other side of the game just giving up the juice sure but at both places i did it all in fives (laughs) and the guy at the las vegas hilton was like what is this you know where did you get all these fives and and i don't even remember what i said i wasn't ready with an answer you know because it was it was a substantial amount of fives that i was betting just you know i had I had an uncle who used to get his entire paycheck from the bank in $2 bills. Why? To be that guy who always had $2 bills. To be bills. that guy. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because his nieces love $2 bills. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been even more of a hassle. 
I'm sure they hated him at the bank. <laughs> right. well, and and everyone knows who you are when you're that guy. <laughs> yep. Uh, two four six eight. Who don't we appreciate, Uncle <laughs> Steve? Ike. Uncle Ike. <laughs> Sorry to put you on blast. <laughs> Wednesday, twenty two seventeen. All what with Chris? Who? Uh, Luke just took some fresco to the eye and. <laughs> <laughs> And Chris hey, if you're if you're a full grown man drinking drinking peach fresca, you got it coming. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, well, sometimes you just get a little excited. Uh, Chris Hayes is on the line to recap everything in the life of Chris Hayes. From this the is the greatest Chris Hayes appearance. Yeah, yes. it's so joyous from beginning to end. It's such he's so fun. He's so with the show. I mean, he's up on the show, and boy, it's fun living through him yeah it is uh i didn't even put it in the notes but he talks all about experiencing the uh first presidential debate from a from a trailer uh and then uh as i'm sure everyone knows he threw out the pitch why shouldn't he enjoy uh the first presidential debate like much of the trump support throughout the nation (laughs) (laughs) you're coming in hot on your return mike thanks just uh putting a wizard a uh, some smoker some, right some whiz, whiz ball smokers right down the slam dunk line and uh speaking of whizzing <laughs> smokers just a couple of feet wide of the strike zone chris <laughs> hayes threw out the first pitch of the cubs game this is the same cubs game where i believe theo epstein uh wore a fake was it mustache i didn't know that and glasses and and hung out in the stands and watched the game <laughs> oh man i yeah i think i was real drugged up and in the hospital oh yeah they happened. did talk yeah. about that yeah, uh, seeing things. And his pitch, uh, you know, was fine enough for a first pitch. I, I think people forget nobody cares. Nobody's watching. <laughs> nobody cares. They you, they don't care unless you like do a fifty cent and throw the ball into the dugout and right. seemingly <laughs> seemingly are throwing with the wrong arm. You know, you ever watch someone throw a baseball or a ball and you go like, I don't think you're right-handed. Right. You know, <laughs> let's try the other one. Because that doesn't look natural, what you're doing. Uh, every year we auction off the right to throw out one of many first pitches at a um, July 3rd Paw Sox game as part of the fireworks celebration, and I've yet to win it. But I'm sure one of these years I will, so I'll report Well, if that. you just run the contest like Jessica Jones here in our neighborhood, um, <laughs> you just make sure you win it. Well, I would do that, but I'm too busy parked in my car down the street from your house. Oh, yeah, I just called the cops on you, too. <laughs> Because you, you didn't make eye contact with me. I immediately called the cops. Uh, so he threw out a first pitch, a sort of a dream fulfillment situation for him at the game where the Cubs clinched their playoff berth. Uh, and uh, in a great callback from earlier in the week, he recreates uh, K-Stress's yo-yo scat. That was great. It was so good. <laughs> uh, and then tells us a story where he encountered one Bill Murray uh, while on vacation in Martha's Vineyard in a restaurant. Uh, where he tried to play it cool, but not cool enough because he went over to walk by the table. Uh, and someone at Bill Murray's table recognized him. And they find out that apparently Bill Murray is a huge, uh, he's an inner. He's all in on Chris mm-hmm. uh, and encouraged his friends to turn it on so they could watch him before finding out that he was on vacation. And also a huge fellow Cubs fan who acknowledged that, right? Yeah. In Chris's presence. That was the mm-hmm. most, that was the best part to me was... You know, because he didn't have to share that. Right. Uh, it's sort of proof that you're on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, oh, hey, I recognize you from TV. It's like, hey, I pay enough attention to know that you're a Cubs fan. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So Bill Murray is a fan of yours. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a huge Bill Murray obsessed. I mean, this has been a hot topic on yeah. TBTL lately, but I would still be, you know, flattered and in awe mm-hmm. if Bill Murray had any idea who the hell I was. And I like that Chris Hayes admits that he was texting people but wanted to do it individually, so he was copy and pasting <laughs> the same bragging text. Have you guys ever done that before? I've done it a couple of times where something yeah. really cool is happening and you want to share it, but you're like, I can't keep, I can't keep typing this over and over again. And yeah, I, it, people can kind of tell. I'm sure it's like, you know, this, this is kind of a half-assed update I'm getting from <laughs> you. You know, uh, that. So that's the Chris Hayes just gracing us with his presence. Um, On to our top story from Wednesday, the Yankees proposal. Uh, I, like Andrew, hate this bullshit. Uh, And a guy at Yankee Stadium proposed, but then lost the ring. And it turned into a whole thing until they found it. Yeah, and Andrew was most upset about the patriarchal nature of the entire idea of marriage proposal and marriage in general. Yeah. Um, Well, I just hate the Jumbotron in general. Uh, Yeah. We were at a Celtics preseason practice open party thing the other night because a friend of ours is a Celtics season ticket holder and um, they were doing the Jumbotron and we got on the Jumbotron a few times because there were so few people there that I think everyone at some point got on the Jumbotron. Sure. And you had to kiss everyone in the stadium at some point. (laughs) Sam leans in (laughs) like we should kiss like they're going to do the kiss cam and they didn't. But I just said to her, I don't do the kiss cam because it it's a it's a, a legacy of of gender normatives <laughs> like i don't i just don't want to do it because i think it's stupid but that was my excuse because as she was like they put the camera on two guys sometimes and i said yeah only as a joke right it's meant to be funny when they put it on two players from the opposing team because imagine if two guys were to kiss right, exactly. oh my god uh, one time uh my friend uh dave and i you know famous dave uh were at an uh la laker game at the around thanksgiving and they put the um they put the kiss camera on the Burger King guy. He was there with some girl. Uh, remember the Burger King guy? He was also in an episode of Seinfeld where he was the, the rock climber, George's uh, man crush. Um, so they put the camera on this guy, and he doesn't turn to kiss his his girlfriend or whoever he's with. He does the um, the cunnilingus uh, tongue. Oh, the hand gesture? Yeah, right, right. And, and, and I thought, oh, classy. That, <laughs> well done, sir. I have always thought that the Jumbotron in general puts way too much faith in the average sports goer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm amazed there isn't more of that kind of right. crap. Right. Like, I think there there is quite a bit of it, but you it, it doesn't end up on TV. You just have to be there live to see all the shenanigans. Because I think nowadays, I mean, people are waiting for their moment like people have plans mm-hmm. the kiss cam comes my way i'm elbowing my friend carla out of the way and doing my thing it's my turn to, <laughs> to star uh so yeah they talk about paying to propose on jumbo trans actually i think a lot of that money usually goes to a sports team's charitable foundation so i don't really care but uh it's still stupid uh then we mm-hmm. talk about the three-parent baby that's not really a three-parent baby um meredith I th- this is all you well, yeah, well b- meredith before before you say anything why did they even talk about this story when they didn't have time? You know, like <laughs> this isn't a story that you just go, oh, a three parent baby. How about that? You know, and then on to the what's up, what's going on with weather and traffic? It, yeah, they really breezed by this. <laughs> exactly. But well, OK, so I, I won't get too into it, but I did want to say that it is possible for kids in these scenarios to have the DNA of three different people. 
Um, it depends on the technique they use. I don't think it's the case in the one they were talking about, but there are some instances where the baby has, you know, 1% DNA from the third person. And it's just a way of, of swapping out uh, the nucleus and the stuff around. So, like, basically you're taking the yolk from one person and the white from another and combining them to make one good egg. Hmm. Oh, I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> but we need more than one egg. I've seen Bobby. Oh, yeah. One egg is just a, a tease. Yeah. The <laughs> topping. We get an email uh, from a recorded sound archivist saying that there's a copy of the Voyager Gold Record at the Library of Congress, which leads down a top men rabbit hole. Uh, we also get an email from listener Michelle, who has a dream catcher dream, uh, specifically uh, from a call out for pregnancy dreams, where she dreamed that Luke was the John Cusack character in Say Anything. Uh, hmm. And uh, Luke decides that he likes Dreamcatcher because it's either about <laughs> him or his dreams. <clears throat> well, you know that movie set in Seattle and the, that scene where he was standing outside with the boombox and the and the duster, um, not too far from where Luke grew up. So you know, not this lady's not too far off. And and back then, Luke was probably that skinny. He probably could have passed for John Cusack. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Luke uh, realizes that he's on the spot to come up with his best story and uh, decides that it's probably shitting his pants at the kingdom, which I think is a pretty obvious choice. Mm -hmm. And this is all within a dream yeah. he had, right? Yes. But uh, the anxiety was um, he he was he knew he'd be able to come up with the material he needed to come up with, but he couldn't find a pen or a pencil, which I, that's a pretty... I don't yeah. know. For me, it's kind of it's. It, I have dreams in that vein too. It's like I have total confidence. I just don't have the the whatever I need. You know, I can't find my shoes and my glasses. Yeah. Right? It's like right. I can't see. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that stuff drives me nuts. And then you'll be dreaming that for like an hour, <laughs> and just stress, stress, stress. Uh, once again, yeah. I don't remember my dreams about ninety nine percent of the time. So I'm sure I have stress dreams. I just wake up with a mouthful of pillow and I have no idea what happened. Mm. And then uh, we end with, uh, you make me feel so young. I think Luke did a pretty good Sinatra. Yeah. He's aging into that, that, uh, croonerism. He, he's mm. got the wife and the house and, mm -hmm. and is, is mellowing out. I could see him drinking his drink and enjoying his coat rack and looking out over onto the <laughs> Vista with something <laughs> like that on in the background. Sounds pretty great. Yeah. Let's go to Thursday, 2218. Two imitations, one stone. We're still at Walsh Walsh and Doormat. Uh, or rather, we're back at Walsh Walsh and Doormat. Or Andy Steiner, if you're hungry, because Andrew has fantasies of being a short order cook. So do I. Completely get it. It sounds like all he I has was... in his fridge is sausages at any time. Sausages and eggs, yep. Yeah. I was a short order cook, and I just want to say that's a real shitty fantasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know. Yeah. It's not a great thing. Well, to I do. think it's just the dream of. Um, managing a workload and getting things done and produced and out. Uh, I could see why it would appeal to his clipboard sensibilities. I, there are times, there are times when it's fun when everybody's working together and you're on a roll and you're getting everything done quickly and efficiently. But there's other times where it's 120 degrees yes. and your fingers are burning and you <laughs> dump hot oil on your foot, you know, yeah. and those times are a lot more than I, the fun I think times. the fantasy um, lies in my, my friend, uh, John Hedegaard, when we were in college, he was the steward for the kitchen, which didn't mean he had to really do any work. It's just he had to uh, keep track of the food and he had access to the food 24-7. Uh, we had a cook 
who would come in and cook the meals. But John had keys, which meant we could go downstairs at two in the morning and make anything we wanted. So I think that's sort of the that's the dream. That's the dream right there. You go into a clean kitchen, make you're yourself making it for yourself anything for... you want, and then. And then that's it. You don't. You're not. Uh, there isn't. There aren't tickets flying at you. And uh, yeah, you're not getting burned and sweating and <laughs> losing 13 pounds in one shift. Yeah. Right. Uh, Luke lets us know that he's going to be in Seattle this weekend because he's been exiled from his own home because Carrie is hosting an actor party slash photo shoot. Uh, however, we find out on Friday that that has been uh, canceled or postponed due to weather and illness. So it's, that sounded weird anyway. Yeah. To me, mm-hmm. what was that? Act, some actors getting together, taking pictures of each other in the woods. It sounded like uh, like a serial killer movie plot. Or a porno. L- yeah, yeah. Either everyone's going to get killed or everyone's going to get fucked or both in this movie. <laughs> well, we could hope. Uh, Luke, on his way down to Seattle from Bellingham, got a speeding ticket uh, in the, quote, good car. Because if he was in the forerunner, he couldn't have driven that he fast. Have gotten it. <laughs> uh, the cop... Uh, Uh, Gave him a 70 and a 60, I think, if my notes are right, Uh, and also kind of a lecture. Uh, And and Luke says, you should either get the lecture or the ticket, uh, but not both. That cop was double dipping in his bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, I see. The thank you. The thank you. Yeah. Uh, That's a. Do you guys ever give out a thank you and then immediately get really pissed off at yourself for giving it out? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah. uh, an update on an ongoing saga. I've told you all about the uh, trivia team that decided that I was the worst human being ever a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They were back this Thursday, but it was just the team captain and the lady who hates me. Mm-hmm. She refused to acknowledge me all night. She didn't come up a single time, which is fine by me. Um, but I always say thank you when people hand me their answers. And some hosts use a little bucket, and I don't. I like to take people's answers. And so I probably end up saying thank you, well, 20 questions times however many teams a night. So I say it a lot. Hmm. And this asshole, every time he came up, I would make eye contact and kind of be stern and intentionally not say thank you. And the first Mm -hmm. couple of times, I think he noticed. But I had to actively look up. I usually just sort of do it in my peripheral. But I had to like... You're just seeing hands and sleeves. Yeah, I had to very actively make sure I was not saying thank you to this guy. (laughs) It's hard. I think I let a couple slip in the mix. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's been a long time since I've gotten a ticket. So I think I've usually just been so pissed when I've been pulled over that I, it wasn't that hard to me. But I could see, you know, somebody hands you something. You're polite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When's the last time yeah. you guys got a ticket? Mm. I, I haven't gotten one since I lived in Texas. I, I remember getting pulled over once in Michigan because I made a right turn uh, when there was a no right turn sign. And I didn't see it. Uh, it was a dumb mistake. I didn't get a ticket for it, though. It was just a pullover. I got a speeding ticket when I was, pro- I think the last one, I was probably 25. Sure. Uh, I got a speeding ticket, uh, probably in the early two thousands and I was, I was coming over a hill in, in Renton coming from, it, it goes from one city into another and you just go over the hill and because the city changes, the speed limit changes from 40 to 30 and they sit there and they get you and he got me going 39 or 40 in his 30, which was the 40. And I Thank that motherfucker, and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> still mad about it. Yeah, I think I think you know I, I'm I'm always I'm a little bit afraid of the cops. I know I'm white and I shouldn't be, but they they freak me out a little bit. So I probably just go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. I get, 
And I, I'm sure I said thank you at my last. It's been a long time for me, but I was ner- I mean, I get a little shaky because I always feel like there's going to be something more, even mm-hmm. though I know there's not. I haven't done anything wrong. Um, when I was in high school, I got a ticket for a 56 and a 35, which was some serious bullshit because actually much like the forerunner, I was driving my piece of shit high school car on a sort of not busy road, but it was, it was straight away. Um, that shouldn't have been a 35. It probably should be a 45. Um, but I was in like third gear (laughs) in a stick and I just Mm -hmm. looked at him. I was like, there's no way the car would have blown up. Yeah. Trying to go that fast (laughs) in that gear. Um, uh, but, you know, it was just a moneymaker. You know, I went and I said no, and they said it was a bad parking ticket, and I gave them all my money. And de- well, devastating to a high schooler. I was also late to school, yeah. and so I'm sure he knew what time of day he was sitting there. All the times that I have been – I've been driving a car around that was either a stolen car or I was wanted or whatever. Uh, I didn't get pulled over during those times. And the times that I have been pulled over – I've known for a fact that I wasn't doing anything wrong and I am a white guy. So I just, I kind of go into a relaxation mode. The only thing is, is I, I get very anxious about how much money, it, whatever it is, is going to cost me, you know, sure. like I know I'm not in any real trouble, but, but I'm, I'm cheap and I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Cause it, cause now everything is so punitive, you know, it's, it's no longer, it's no longer like they're trying to police um, they're trying to enforce the laws. It's as much a fundraiser as anything else. Cause you get pulled over now. It's like two, $300 to start, yeah. you know, with, without having done anything serious, you know, just for the speed alone. Like, oh, that's 180 to 220 just for the speed. And now let's talk about anything else that might be wrong. Oh, Duff got, <laughs> he gets a lot of tickets. I'll bet. Uh, his last ticket was, uh, when we first moved to Texas, he was driving in a school zone. The speed limit there was 25. He was going 25, but the, it was a school zone uh, light was flashing, and he didn't see it because it was covered by a big tree. Um, but he was going 25. He wasn't speeding, according to him, uh, as far as he knew. But he did get pulled over for speeding in a school zone, which is 20, mm-hmm. and uh, the ticket was substantial. I think it was 350 or $400. Yeah, yeah and, um, and, and imagine if he'd is, had a taillight out. Oh, <laughs> now we're yeah. at 700. You know, it's just, it's insane. And I've learned in Michigan, no one paid attention to school zones, which is pretty unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it never occurred to me as a thing I had to pay attention to until I moved here. And now you go 20. Oh you know? yeah. You don't, Emily, <laughs> you don't go. gets on me about that because I guess here in Texas, the school zones is a super, super serious thing, which is fine. If you can see the sign. Yeah. I will say, I remember after getting that ticket in high school, a couple of years later, having a very similar conversation to this with some friends and bitching about it. And I say this because I'm, I'm sure there's probably some law enforcement types who may be listening to our show. And uh, much like uh, all the other bad things about police right now, there are lots of good police and just a few bad ones. But I talked to this one guy who was a local cop uh, outside of Buffalo, and he just said, yeah, the philosophy there is maybe you weren't speeding the time that we caught you as badly as you say you were, but you, you probably were at some point and you don't get pulled over most of the time. So it all kind of comes out in the wash. And I just looked at him and said, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you fucker. I don't have enough money for that wash. Right. Thanks. Uh, we don't need to get into the fact that Luke danced around 
just justifying a speeding, right? <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, well, I do want to just acknowledge that he said that since cars are safer now, we should be able to drive faster. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a new one for me. And there is a stretch uh, very near our house here in Texas. I think um, maybe you guys went on it, Meredith, uh, where you can go 85. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Legally 85, which means... That's great. Mm, 95 105 <laughs> which means yeah they'll they'll turn the eye to that's a toll road yeah. and I, I think right mm-hmm. and I, I have a lot less worry about speeding on a toll road because I never ever see cops on yeah and plus there's hardly ever anybody on the right uh, I don't remember if I hit any toll roads while I was in Texas but I was in a rental car so oh well yeah I know oh, well. take them get them yeah mm-hmm. um, let's see uh, our donors um, Thursday were too many cooks donors that was unfortunate Mm. <laughs> Brought back some I've had crazy that stuck memory. in my head yeah. ever since. Uh, top story Thursday: uh, Antarctica is a shit show. That's mm. the way I wrote it down. I'd like to stand by it. Um, the law of the land is ambiguous, and a couple of people have come out on this tense page and said, "Oh, I know somebody who, you know, was somehow involved." Uh, I think mm-hmm. somebody said that they knew someone who was part of the extraction team getting someone out of there, uh, mm-hmm. and someone else said they knew someone who was a cook. Um, and there was all these conversations about uh, uh, the the need for money in a world with basically no economy. Um, somebody posted an article. There actually are like two ATMs. Yeah, there's a picture of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then we move on to the Icelandic elf rock with the stupid New York Times graphics with the googly eyes on a rock. Which why do we indulge Icelandic people? I, I'm I've had it actually. With the, this is all we ever hear about them since their economy crashed. Yeah, I mean, they they have crazy natural resources, so they're it's a super rich, you know, place to be if they managed it right. And just because they're, I mean, these are like the ultimate white people, right? <laughs> like, we have to indulge them, all this elf Oh, crap? some people pour dirt on a rock. Uh-oh. <sighs> Mike, Iceland is the greatest place on earth, and I will refuse to listen to any arguments to the contrary. Uh, no, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, so um, let's go. I'm rolling up my <laughs> sleeves. Mm. Uh, uh, somehow, in the email segment, it's mentioned that the guys ended up eating pizza at 4 a.m. by the pool in Phoenix at one of their hotels. I just thought that was an interesting note. Um and uh, Luke mentions that today he probably has a, a wine and cured meat snack hangover because that's apparently all he ate the night before. <laughs> How's that different from every other day? Good question. Uh, and finally, Luke made fun. Well, Luke used the spin doctors as part of a punchline on Twitter and someone scoffed at him and looped in the spin doctors in the process. That's bad for Yeah, it really I was. barely use Twitter and even I know that. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it's a... If it's a shitty shot, you know, like it doesn't land or it's stupid, yeah, feel free to loop them in so they can make fun of him. But it was a pretty good one, you know, let it go. And I, I'm sure they get that shit all the time. Whenever you're a band like that that has, you know, that kind of song or whatever, um, you know, you're used to the teasing by now, right? And you just stuff your ears with $100 bills until the <laughs> right. noise goes right. away. <laughs> right. Uh, and- didn't, didn't they do the theme song for that Michael J. Fox um, series on TV too. Ah. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, they they had some other sources of income too. So I mean, they're doing fine. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not hurting. The the royalties on Two Princes alone, I'm sure, has them sitting pretty. Uh, and Meredith, mm-hmm. you have one more note that I didn't get on my list. 
Oh, it was an email from Joey, and he clarified the difference between mitochondrial DNA and nuclear DNA. And I thought I just thought that was a really interesting email. Um, and he said that he works with uh, CRISPR and makes mutant zebrafish. Hmm. CRISPR is such an interesting technology. There's a good radio lab about it um, that I would definitely and recommend. And that's why I didn't make my interested. list, because I did not even remotely understand it. <laughs> no, I hear CRISPR, and I think that's where you keep your beers, you know, right there where you, the vegetable... You know, keep your beers there because right. it's a little bit colder than yeah. the rest. Mike? All right. Friday, 2219, Extreme Flomo. Um, Luke is back in Wallingford helping himself to uh, the uh, studios there. He's drinking some Irish Dup coffee, and Andrew is drinking a Bud Light. Um, Neander Walsh is his new nickname because of the guy, the the classic rock DJ. What was that guy's name? Neander Paul? Yeah. 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 So now we have a new nickname, Neander Walsh. Uh, I thought there there were some interesting stories on Friday. I mean, I have some problems with this day. (laughs) Some problems. (laughs) There's a lot going on. But uh, the interesting part, uh, I thought, was Andrew went to the QFC, and instead of going through the uh, self-check, because he just has a few items every day, um, he decides to go to the uh, woman uh, checker who he had... Uh, did he tattle on the guy who parked in the handicap? I think he just sort of commiserated. Right. He had, he he had yeah he had told her you know about this guy who had parked in the space right. or whatever, and then he can't he was coming in uh, behind Andrew with like six hundred and fifty dollars worth of booze, which now Andrew gets the update that the guy really had a lot of trouble paying for. He was trying to spread it out over a bunch of cards. Maybe he was trying to sell the car that was in the handicapped space to pay for the booze uh, while he was in the QFC. But um, she was telling him what a huge pain in the ass that guy was. And uh, Andrew was hoping for a better outcome, which would have been that the you know cops came and towed the car or he got ticketed or something. But at least he got an update that um, the guy was as terrible a person as Andrew thought he was for parking in that space. Um, I'm in a unique uh, spot on the show to talk about um, handicapped parking spaces or what was someone on the Stens page stated it? It's accessible. Accessible. Right. Yeah. That's because par- they were like, oh, let's not call them handicapped. Let's call them disabled, which is worse. Oh, no, yeah. That's yeah, it's just yeah. about as bad. See, none of that language bothers me. Bullshit. You know, I did this to myself. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm, but I can see how it's... Uh, yeah, I can see how people get offended, especially, you know, if, if they're stricken with something that they didn't, you know, bring on themselves by, you know, eating themselves into a 340-pound coma. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've been called out a couple times since I've had my placard. One time I was, um, I pulled into the handicap spot. I keep saying that. The accessible spot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn this. I pulled in the accessible spot in front of the small post office near our old house and I was getting out and then I realized I hadn't put my placard up and I was getting back in and a guy was pulling his car out from the space next to it and started yelling at me. Um, and he didn't stop. I was like, stop, stop, stop. I wanted him to stop so I could grab my placard, which is in, in my glove box and flash it up to him. But he drove off before I could. And I was so mad. I was like blood boiling mad. Um, and then he went and recorded his podcast <laughs> and bitched about you for like an hour. Probably that's what I, that's what I wanted to avoid. I didn't want him driving off because he he was he's a tweaker too. He's got, this guy did not a full episode of somebody's entitled etiquette is about you. <laughs> so the next time I got called out, I I pulled up in front of the Target 
and uh, Emily was in the passenger seat, and she got out and went into the Target to return something, and a cop pulled up next to me because I didn't put my placard up because you're not supposed to have it up all the time. It's illegal to have it up all the time, so I need to get plates or whatever if if you want it, you know, not have to hassle with always putting it up. So uh, Emily goes in to return the thing. I'm in there. It's like 110 degrees. The car's running. Cop pulls up and gets out of his it's a trooper, I think. And he got out and asked me to roll the window down. And as I'm rolling the window down, I'm, I, I'm hooking the thing on. Because I know as soon as he pulls up next to me, I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm hooking the thing on. And he's like, uh, can I see your license registration and your placard or whatever? So he checks it all out. And it's all, you know, it's all in the state computer or whatever. And he's like, oh, don't forget to do that. So, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, <laughs> thanks for the advice, you know. Uh, since I didn't get a ticket, I didn't feel bad about saying thank you. But, you know, he he thought he had me. He thought he had me mm. for like the 250 or whatever. Mm. But the the thing was, there were spots everywhere. Not only accessible spots, I said it right, but just spots just everywhere. Yeah. So he was looking for some, He was looking for a fight, I guess. Mm. But um, anyway, uh, Luke has Avis Preferred, which I guess he likens to accessible parking for the for the uh, cbs employee on the go uh other people have posted about that too but i if there's a line of course i don't like to wait but i do like to go into the rental counter because um i like to have what little control i can over which shitty rental car i get you know if it comes down to a choice of two or three at least i feel like i got a choice um when i don't I walk out and it's the white or neon green model yeah. that they picked for me with no preference. <laughs> yeah, usually that that line can be pretty bad. That line of cars because you look down at it and you go, every one of these cars is ass ugly and, <laughs> and the wrong color and whatever. But yeah, when you go to the counter, very often without any additional fee, you can get into something that doesn't you don't look clownish in. Yeah. And now yeah. I just go for comfort. So like next weekend, I'm driving to Rochester and I'm renting a car to keep the miles off the Aris. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to mainly just go for whatever the most comfortable car is because I'm going to be driving six hours each way in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yaris, uh, not the most comfortable. You got to hang your arm, as I learned from you during your road trip. Yeah. Keep your arm out of the way. So yeah, Exactly. It's a whole thing. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience. Uh, what did I have in Texas? Was it the Elantra? I think. Um, and that wasn't so. half bad. You know, as far as rental yeah. cars go, and Elantra is nicer than a lot of terrible, you know, they're not going to put me in a, a Chevy uh, Spark or whatever the little tiny. Right. Oh, yes. Volt. Volt. Uh, some little smart cars. Whatever the smallest amount of electricity is that they've named their car after. <laughs> An ohm. <laughs> Chevy, Chevy ohm. That's great. Now they don't they don't pay me they probably should but I'm a big fan of national because you mm-hmm. pay for a midsize and then you can just go into the thing and get whatever as long as you pay for at least a yeah. midsize you can pick your own car and you don't have to talk yes. to anybody so to me that's the best of both Putty worlds has told true. me about that um, yeah I and as you, it's just selling your information you're giving them your information in exchange for this so who knows the amount of junk mail mm-hmm. that comes to my house because of this but that's yeah. okay whatever. Well, I think the the most Luke moment in quite a long time was uh, when, well, first of all, let me say this. Uh, he, he seems like he's been away from home for like two or three weeks. And the first Sunday, he's actually going to be home in his home, at his home in Bellingham. 
Uh, Carrie says, let's drive to Winthrop, Washington and watch our friends run a half marathon. And the first thing I thought was Luke is completely tamed now because if that were me, I said, uh, no, I won't be going anywhere on Sunday. I will be ass sitting in front of the TV watching the Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can go, you can go watch your, your actor friends run through the woods and take pictures and, and finish the marathon. I will be right here eating salty snacks and watching the Seahawks game. But he's a better person than that now, better person than me for sure. And he he decides he's going to go with her. But because he is Luke, he can't be the guy who just relaxes and he can't be the guy who's not the center of attention or at least part of the attention. He's got to run the half marathon now. <laughs> Come on. Who... Who besides Luke does this even occur to? I mean, he doesn't. He jogs a few miles every once in a while, and who wants to ruin their Sunday just to just to be so they're part of the story instead of to the side of the story? Luke, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Did I'd be right there with you, Mike? I, I wouldn't go. When he started that story. Did you see it going to where he was going to run? I didn't. But then when it did, I was like, of course he's going to run. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's a, well, it has to be in it. And so I wasn't surprised. Uh, only the half, though. I'm a little disappointed in him. Oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go from three miles to 26.2. Yeah. Yeah, and, and oh. the thing is, because he's done this enough times, he'll be fine. And then yeah. heralded as a hero. So whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, I just decided to do this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's not even. It would be one thing if he said, "Oh, maybe I should run it," and then found out the registration was full, and then said, "Oh, well, next time." No, he emailed the person running it. Yeah, he made a huge effort, and of course, he got an exception. Yeah, because that's bring eighty dollars and get on the bus. <laughs> yeah, if he makes it through also, that, does he know you can run thirteen miles without paying eighty dollars? <laughs> you can just go run thirteen <laughs> miles. Yeah, well, the the one Winthrop cop is gonna take you to jail and then he's stuck there the rest of the day with you while he naps and you try to get the keys with that long <laughs> stick that you fashion <laughs> to try to get back in the marathon. I'm just wondering if he forgets his passport, does he have to drive a rental car home from Winthrop, Washington or <laughs> just, just to avoid going home, I guess there, he must yeah. really hate his home these days. He never spends any yeah. time there. He doesn't seem to want to. Hmm. It's too bad. It's a beautiful house. So Andrew then tells a story about having to pee that is going to launch a thousand prostate exam recommendations on the Stens page and in his private uh, email and direct message box. Um, the story he tells is one that I have, uh, it's happened to me a few times and every time it happens, I'm like, that was weird. And if that keeps happening, I need to get it checked out. And that is, he really felt like he had to pee and he was rushing to pee and he got where he, could pee and it wasn't much pee and it kind of felt weird and outside of his bladder you know like like not your usual like having a pee sensation and when he was describing it i was thinking yeah that's happened that's happened and should probably shouldn't happen definitely shouldn't happen and shouldn't happen on a regular basis but i was thinking oh my god here comes everyone is gonna tell him he's got to go to the here's the guy who won't go to the doctor when he's perfectly healthy or has an ear infection or if He's not going to go to the doctor. Let me just tell everyone this right now. Unless this continues <laughs> to happen, Andrew is not going to the doctor to get finger blasted by someone just for some pee urge that he had three weeks ago that went away. So 
Let me save you that. If you haven't already messaged Andrew, uh, that's not going to happen. It's a wait and see. I have also had this experience in the past intermittently. Mm -hmm. It happens once in a while. Uh, But yeah, there are enough actual doctors within the tens that if you're not a doctor, maybe you don't need to jump in on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Because I am worried. I mean, I can only imagine. So this was Friday. We're taping on Sunday. The uh, the deluge of medical advice he's probably gotten by now is I I can't even imagine how shitty I would feel if he, Andrew actually did have prostate cancer and he ignored this and then uh, eight months from now he's having his prostate removed and he's having radiation and all that because because I I tried to shout everyone down from recommending him going to get an exam but um, I'm just I'm trying to be realistic with folks. Uh, with with us guys, it's going to take more than like one uncomfortable trip to QFC to get us to go have that. I will say there's a really creepy commercial on CBS right now. I don't know if it's airing live on television or only on there on demand. And I say this because uh, I work on Tuesday nights and therefore I miss new episodes of NCIS. Oh, no. And so Sam and I, now that we have watch it on demand, fancy cable. Yeah, we watch it on mm-hmm. demand. And there is a commercial with a doctor who basically says he's done a billion prostate exams and you shouldn't be embarrassed. And he's rocked them all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he actually snaps a rubber glove on in the middle of the promo. And he basically says, whatever you think you're embarrassed by, think about me. I'm the one who's done all of them. Mm -hmm. So get over (laughs) it and go get a prostate exam. When when you're about to get a prostate exam, I think – you want more of a Tom Cruise than a Jack Reacher type character. <laughs> uh, where are we, Mike? For a couple reasons. Oh, there's uh, a lot of Friday oh, left. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> UTI talk. Uh, my, actually, my, my favorite thing about uh, Andrew telling all his having to pee stories was the other time that he really had to pee and it wasn't a, a UTI or prostate cancer. And he was running through a bar um, and he, he felt like he needed to justify his presence in there peeing by ordering a drink and he was as he ran by the bar he screamed rum and coke (laughs) (laughs) which i hope i hope he paid for and drank on on the way out and didn't just slink out the back because i it it was pretty honorable thing to yell out i thought as he was going through i feel like he should have just ordered well at least um at least a vodka and cranberry would get closer to fixing the problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, if it was the other time. Right, right. I a, understand. I'm mixing my times here, but. Yeah. Sea breeze! <laughs> as, you, as you're <laughs> cruising through peeing your pants. Um, okay, now here's where the show completely went off the rails. Uh, Andrew uh, goes to Shifty Shellshock's Wikipedia, who is the singer for Crazy Town or. I, I guess creative genius behind Crazy Town, because I don't know if he sings. Yeah, let's, just... creative genius is a good title. Okay, um, and the entire tangent, which which takes us from Beck to Van Morrison to ICP, from uh, ha- hair growing hat commercials, uh, um, other other ads that pop up on YouTube. Luke always talks about how he feels bad when he there are technical problems during the show. Well, he should never feel worse about a show than he than he should feel about the middle part of Friday's show when he he allowed he, he this was his tangent and Andrew indulged him and actually helped him in a lot of ways 
if Andrew hadn't been here, it would it would have been more of a disaster because Luke had no idea where he was going. But what Luke finally arrived on was the fact that Bob Dylan's a good songwriter. And this, I don't know how long this took, but um, but it's a blinding glimpse of the obvious, and he did finally arrive at that conclusion. I also feel like we've had this conversation before. Yes, we have. Okay, I'm not going crazy. No, you haven't. We he's had that circular conversation where he figured out that that some of these some of these old guys that couldn't sing and are terrible performers i've seen bob dylan perform many times he's pretty bad um yeah there's a reason they're as famous as they are because they're amazing at what they actually do and that's right song so anyway my there, there's my workout for the day i don't need any pt today I get <laughs> pretty get your heart rate worked up. up about about this digression uh, top story. I'm so glad they did this top story. I, when I saw that they were going to talk about the clowns and the clown appearances, I was like, God damn it. Cause that's the last thing that anybody should be talking about. Cause they don't need any more attention. Cause that's all they're doing it for these stupid people that dress up in the clown outfits. Um, but the reason they brought it up is to say clowns are over. Let's knock the shit off. Nobody likes them. They've served their purpose. Uh, it's just it's just creepy middle-aged guys that want attention at this point. So, do you guys have any thought on these on the clown business? It's been going on for like at least a month or two. I've been pretty removed from it. Maybe it's just not yeah. happening as much up here, but every time I see a clown story, I just move past it. They're yeah, they're sort of too. energy monsters. I don't want to feed them. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, thank you. Big thank you to the guys for for getting that. And I think they're going to put it to bed on the show, it seems like. Uh, yeah. It's too bad the holidays are coming so all these creepy clowns can slide right into their mall Santa jobs. Oh, well, yeah, maybe it'll <laughs> slow things down. Or or worse yet, it'll be Santa's. Because the Santa thing seems to be growing the momentum that the clowns had like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Like SantaCon and everyone's dressing as Santa and now it's going to be Santa's trying to lure kids into the woods and shit. So let's not ruin Santa. Okay, because little kids actually still like Santa. Nobody likes clowns. Mm-hmm. Beat it. Okay. Yep. Gone clowns. Santa. Okay, hang around still as long as you're doing good. Panda All right. Uh, all right. The other top story: Lady Pandas. Um, <laughs> apparently, they want options on their special day. I mean, they it's like they want to have sex one day of the a year, but they don't want to have sex with that dude that they've been annoyed with for the other 364 days. You know, they're like this guy. I'm finally horny and I got to do it with this guy who I see all the time. <laughs> uh, also, they don't, they, they, for some reason, they're a species that needs to see each other do it. Whereas, I don't know. Andrew was making yeah, a pretty that good point strange. that most animals just, because they're animals and they do it animal style, they just go for they it. Figure or it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, apparently these, these pandas don't have the luxury of, of um, hanging out in someone's basement when the parents are out working. Like, none of these pandas went to school with a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. So there's no time for discovery. <laughs> they never found any stash right. in the woods. No. No. So- uh, he, they, they specify that these are giant pandas. And, and I just had one thought, which is if you stopped body shaming these, these lady pandas, <laughs> maybe pandas. they'd want to do it more. <laughs> right. It's like the, 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 my college, the University of Washington. You know, I, I used to hate it when they would call the basketball team the Husky Women. I was like, no, a lot of those ladies are very... Very slender and in fantastic shape. How dare you call them husky women all the time? It's very shaming. Uh, I, the thing about these animals is I'm sure they would have died off um, 
quite a long time ago if they weren't so cute, right? We want to keep cute yeah. things alive. So like we're always trying to come up with ways to get pandas to fuck and and if we stopped caring <laughs> wouldn't be wouldn't be long for the nope. for the pandas. But they never really got to the point of this story which was they're supposed to be are are they making panda porn and and is there is there a lady panda who once a year will make these films for the rest of the pandas? <laughs> Or is she particularly active? Maybe she she has a couple of days where she'll. Well, you just you get a you get a panda who dropped out of college and is between <laughs> things and just wants to go to L.A. But she doesn't make it. Yeah. And has bills to pay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find one of them, but and then get them on that one day. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, there's just a bamboo casting couch somewhere. Oh, that's that's Bamboo Casting Couch. That's a possible show title right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's all I had for Friday, unless y'all had anything else for Friday or the week. Uh, I did write down music for you weekend. I know you wrote down Who Cares. Oh, yeah, I wrote down <laughs> MFYW, Who Cares? At the, well, I mean, normally I will be patient. No, actually, maybe about half the time if I take Friday, I will write down the music for your weekend. But honestly, this the Friday show was almost two hours, and... 35 minutes of it was Luke trying to figure out why he liked an insane clown posse song. (laughs) And at that point I was like, I, I, I not only didn't much care about what else was going to be on the show, music talk, try to get me into more music at that point. No. Well, Luke brings Panda bear, comfy in Nautica, Andrew, bought uh, Anderson Pock, heart don't stand a chance slash apparently the entire album. Yeah. And then, then Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are at the end, and it's been all this time, and now, now Andrew's trying to play a rock block, you know? <laughs> yeah, should have told him, it's not two for Tuesday. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, and then listener Missy, uh, uh, Bomba Estereo Soy Yo. I did go watch the video for that, and it was cute. I uh, Fine, go look at the video for that. Uh, and then with that, I'll take it to housekeeping. Uh, we're going to skip some of the housekeeping, because this episode's also running pretty long, and I've got three or four songs i want to play for you all no shut up (laughs) (laughs) i'll kill you Uh, but first uh you all know how to get us out of some jams and i want to thank uh captain will mcquillan thanks will for getting us out of more than a couple of jams thanks to a recent gift um Mm -hmm. we're gonna suspend the jam tracker for now and it's not here to deal with it anyway but uh, thank you will for that and will your official acknowledgement has been sent to the email address you provided sorry aiden at (laughs) outlook.com Aiden's still on Outlook. I can't believe it. I'm just glad they got him out of that AOL account. I'm sure he just checked his BlackBerry this morning and got and got his. Uh, thank you. Um, I saw that Christy just um, launched uh, or sent out archiving assignments from like last month or something. So yes. the goal to get current is uh, very much in reach. So thank you to all of you who've been archiving. Christy uh, is still on top of that, and we'll have her uh, talking about that back on the show soon. Um, we'll do more what you bought on Amazon another time and a reminder to vote for us for best of Western Washington. Um, I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, and with that, Meredith, do you want to tell us how we can get involved? If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit us on our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can join us on Facebook, our page or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is at LRB podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And check out the most recent Nerd Out Loud. I don't know 
what well they've been is. a little busy lately uh yeah i think th- i don't know if there's a brand new one from the last one that i plugged no there's not so yeah they're they're busy right now they'll be back doesn't mean you shouldn't listen um and uh go, go celebrate their entire catalog they're they're conjuring yeah. up a lot of content right now because they've been on their honeymoon and the wedding that Christy's been working on seemingly for years now um <laughs> yeah really culminated uh today as uh, or yeah, yesterday so they're busy they're making material yeah, for I, it, for the show the next few shows are going to be fantastic i'm sure because yes. there's a lot of fodder uh and uh i saw pictures that Christy got her makeup done airbrushed uh, courtesy mm-hmm. of the bride and um uh, she looked good. I'm jealous. I tried to get them to airbrush me in, but the lady wouldn't do it. So <laughs> it's just Christy. She I'm going to, I'm going to go to the mall and get an airbrush t-shirt later just to celebrate. I'm going to get my eyebrows weaved <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> they look pretty terrible. Do three weeks in the hospital and see what your grooming looks like. <laughs> and, uh, let's do this until next time. This is the next party. Uh, Jen, it's great to be back and we love you. Nailed it.